At the T-minus three-minute mark, tape recorders on board the spacecraft were turned on. These recorders record both voice and data. This is WOMM LP operating out of Burlington, Vermont, 105.9 The Radiator. Good evening, it's The Rocket Shop. I'm your host, Tom Proctor, and I'm thrilled to announce that The Rocket Shop is now live broadcasting with Pocket Park Concert Series. So every Wednesday, weather permitting, come on down to 4 Howard Street to hear The Rocket Shop live as we record and broadcast onto the street. Our first guest for The Rocket Shop Live, we have tonight, Night Protocol. Hello. How's it going? I'm pretty good. Uh, we like kicking off with a song, so what have you got for us? Uh, I think we're going to do three songs tonight from our brand new album, which uh, we're going to be putting out later this fall. This first one's a song called Heart Surge. Never played it before in front of an audience, so we're stoked to play it with you guys, and thank you so much for having us. Shut the city wide blackout. Love so 
Fight Night Protocol there with Heart Sedge. And I want to say welcome back, at least to two of you. Uh, I think we saw each other in December when you were, uh, you were in here as your duo. And I'm not going to pronounce the name properly again, so you're going to have to remind me. Vedica uh, Intensity. Thank you very much. Um, so, obviously, you're back with the full band tonight. Uh, so, what have you been up to for the past six months? And, um, and yeah, how, how's this been developing? I think uh, we've been a band since... Uh, I think 2017 or so we started and started late 16 even yeah and started just as a trio of uh, Ryan myself and a guitarist Justin and uh, he's moved and so Chris is joining us on guitar and he's been rocking it learned like a million songs overnight and uh, a really cool thing in the past year or two we've uh, added a little more than a year now we've had Sebastian bringing like horns because it really started as an electronic concept I think it grew and we wanted it to be more and more live and more and more organic and uh, kind of have lots of influences. So that's what we've been up to mostly, is developing this and writing a new album. So, so the new album's been written the last six months? Have you, is, that, is that being kind of the, the, po the end of the pandemic project? It's, honestly, I think we wrote most of it before. It's been hard for us, you know, the pandemic. And it's been hard for all of us to get together. But. Yeah, it's been just so much going on with everything. I mean... I haven't been as available. I had twins about a year ago, so been tied up in that, and just obviously pandemic and coordinating everything has just been a challenge, really. Well, congratulations on the oh, twins. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> I, I'm sure. Yeah, a lot of your time is probably eaten up. Oh, for sure. With uh, the best way, <laughs> of course. Um, and so, I mean, I have noticed you've been you've been starting to to gig again. You've been playing Orlando's. I got to ask, what was the first uh, the first show like? You know, after we all kind of went masks off, and you could have a crowd again, and and how was that for you? How was that for everyone's like? What was everyone's experience doing that after so long behind a Zoom screen? Yeah, it was so exciting. Um, even just going to events around town, there's this like sparkling energy. Everybody is so excited to be out again, and it's. I mean, being on stage, you really feed off that. So it's. Really nice. It's a relief. Yeah. It's a long road ahead still, but um, yeah, it's great to be back at it. Was there any? Was it uh, any kind of pre-show uh, nerves? Like it was you going on for the first time in your in your lives, or was it kind of like riding a bike? You just kind of like strode on, and you you I kind of came alive. Have, I always have pre-show nerves anyway, and it was, it was so much worse. <laughs> but uh, getting back in the swing, uh, it's just a, another muscle to to uh, tone and practice. We added a lot of stuff though, like, you know, like since last time, like, you know, we tried to improve our setup and streamline and add lights and uh, really make it so that it wasn't complete just backlined where we could improvise and add more to what we create. And so that's kind of what we've been working on. But that was a little scary to roll out, but still figuring it out, but we're getting there. So did, when you came back, was it with this, this big bang? Because you guys kind of pride yourself on that, on that stage presence, on that theatrical, uh, pairing with with the music itself, you know, even even tonight you brought with you your own lights, which I think is a first for us. Um, <laughs> so, to test them out, so. <laughs> <laughs> so when you came back, was it was that a whole uh, was it this improved production, and uh, and if so, like how how long did it take you to plan that, or did it kind of all kind of come together organically as as the pandemic stretched on? Uh, a lot of hours spent in the room doing lots of MIDI programming, so. Uh, 
you know, and figuring out how we could make things work and starting to also, like, you know, we used to do all MIDI instrumentation, like, for the synths, but now, like, you know, using analog synths and stuff kind of was a lot of time just figuring all that out, but time well spent. I can attest to the fact that Matt did spend, like, the last year and a half, like, all of the extra energy that he would, would have otherwise been spent on, like, preparing for performing and, and getting on stage was funneled into really dialing in the process and the equipment and... Um, yeah, so cool to see. He's got lots of forward energy, and it's got to go somewhere. <laughs> and I, I know Orlando is especially that's that usually an outdoor venue. Does that translate well with the kind of setup you have? Or are you are you more kind of are you want to be in that in that indoor space so you can kind of be more all encompassing for the audience? The outside works. Yeah, it works. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, as long as it's nighttime. Yeah, actually, when we play during the day, it's we're on, we're on night protocol. It's weird to play in the early morning, but uh, I don't know. Our genre and our backing is kind of like we really love this like synthwave kind of sound and genre, and we're trying to move beyond just that right now. But uh, I think that is very like got a very dark like seedy basement kind of feel, but also like a retro kind of feel to it as well. So uh, I think uh, any venue works, and uh, we try and bring that spirit of synthwave and. 1980s and all the rest to it, and uh, I think people appreciate that. Sunsets and fast cars are well within the boundaries of, of the synthwave <laughs> genre. So. Book is a sunset. We can do that too. Yeah, it could just be sunset all night. <laughs> um, well, I'd love to hear another song. Um, so, what have you got for us? You want to introduce this one? Oh yeah, sure. Uh, you want? The song is called "The Fear." Um, kind of, I guess, in the kind of the beginning of the pandemic sort of thing. Um, I don't think it was really in full force, but, you know, I don't know. Oh, it's hard to explain. It just, it just kind of came out weird one day on the, on the, over a couple lunch breaks at work. And just kind of, Matt, I got to give it to him. Is just like, I had this whole song in my head. I am just not great with the whole technology aspect of, of all this. And I was able to pretty much, it was just Matt and Amanda and I sitting in Matt, their bedroom one night. I was just kind of able to, like, dictate this song. Matt's wizardry of Ableton just kind of just made it, a, it happen. So. And now we get the whole band filling in the yeah, sound, yeah. too. So, well, yeah. thank you, thank you. Pretty wild. Anyway. Do, do it up, you ready, Ryan?
Protocol there with another new track, Fear. So is this is this another track to be on the new album? Yes. So tell me a little bit about this new album. Um, you said it's kind of been a, it's been a long process. Um, it sounds like you've been you've been writing for for at least a, a, like a year and a half now, trying to put this together. What kind of um, common themes are you finding in this album, and and also how does it kind of differ from that first album you brought out a couple of years ago? 
Should I jump in, or you want to take it? I think, uh, and I, I think, because we've talked about this, and I, I mentioned before, you know, we kind of started with this idea of this genre synthwave, which is kind of, uh, it's fun, but it's a little bit silly. Some people, uh, you know, there are a lot of opinions about it, and uh, I don't know if it really took off as a genre on its own. It was kind of more of a nostalgic thing, which is really cool. But I think uh, this album was wanting to keep those influences because there's so many things we love about that, like the sounds of the synthesizers, the spear of the like, 1980s, you know, the drum machines, the tones. But uh, we kind of want to find our own sound. I think that's a big part of it is to not be stuck on that genre, not stuck on that tag. Still really Sunsets embrace it. Sunsets and fast cars. <laughs> Still love that, but um, just kind of wanting to find our own thing. So it's uh, kind of just an electronic thing. And I think the, the sound of the album is really influenced by having it not just be three of us and now more of us and more people in it. And so I think that's a big part of it. <laughs> yeah, saxophone helps. So this album, it sounds like you kind of you filled it out a little bit more. And as you said, you kind of put your own twist on it, you know, especially with the sax saxophone. But obviously, the saxophone is still a very 80s instrument. I mean, you, you, yeah. couldn't, you couldn't swing a cat without hitting a saxophonist, <laughs> it seems, in the 1980s. Um, so, yeah, is, uh, so while the synth wave is kind of something you're trying to develop and, and make your own thing, you're still staying very true to the, the decade of music that you're trying to emulate. Oh, yeah. Hey, I mean, also, like I said, we're kind of moving around it, but the synthwave like, community is really welcoming. It's really cool. Like, we've worked, we've, like, done shows with artists from, like, all over the world, like, that, like, have come here to, like, Vermont and New England, and, like, we've gotten to meet a bunch of people, and I think by keeping a little bit of that label, you stay in that really supportive community, but, uh, yeah, so we're always going to have a little bit of that, but, you know, want to create some unique sounds on top of it. And Andy, if, because you were obviously part of the first album as well and, and, and uh, a vocalist on that, what did you kind of do differently yourself this time? What did you learn from that first album that you were like, huh, I, I kind of realized that wasn't working and I'm, I'm going to stop this and do something different? Or what really works and you kind of you, you lent into it for this album because you know it worked so well on the last one? Yeah. Um, in the songwriting process, I think in the first one we were really focusing on trying to emulate that sound. But by the time we finished that and kind of got that out of our systems, got it behind us, I think we all found ourselves really compelled to use this uh, thing that we've created as a more emotionally charged, kind of deep creative outlet. So I found a little bit more space in like my lyric writing um, to kind of deal with maybe some more personal things and less telling a, the story, telling a fictional story of something that would fit in the genre of synthwave and more just like using that sound to tell our own story. I see. So you really feel, feel like you've got a lot more freedom here because you, you've not kind of typecast yourself. I, I, I'm not quite sure what the, the lyrics of synthwave usually deal with, but by being able to kind of transcend that genre, you've got a little bit more space to, to, to really put your own personal touch in. Yeah, somewhat by choice and also somewhat by just compulsion. I think we've all had... Um, a crazy couple of years and being artists, we just need to, you know, we need to use this medium to express that, so. I, I've also got to ask, and I think I may have asked you when you were a duo as well, uh, obviously you guys are coming to this uh, super professional, super polished, um, and you, you really got all the, the look down, even down to uh, Matthew, your shoes, they, they look like 
They look like come out of Back to the Future. I mean, it's, it's, it's honestly, it's picture perfect. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. So I've got to ask, what's with the obsession with the 80s? I mean, I, I love it. I think you, you do a great job of, of really kind of bring, taking us back there with this kind of modern twist to it. But yeah, how did, how did this kind of get started? Is like, uh, I want to focus on this decade. In a way, Ryan, I, I kind of, that should go to you because I think it was you. I got into it really early. Yeah, I was I was the first one that really got into it, and then I kind of shared it with my friends, and especially Matt and my other friend Justin that you know we started the band with, and just took it from there. You know, it was really just the three of us jamming in my basement for a while. But uh, was it? The, is, was, sorry, go on. Did it come from like the slasher fix, the movies? No, I, I discovered Mitch Murder around 2014, and after that, I was like, I want to do that. So, so um, uh, I, I'm afraid I'm not familiar with this man slash movie slash book. Um, <laughs> what what's what's what is Mitch Murder? He's a Swedish producer that just started writing music that sounds like it's literally from the 80s. It's like we take a little bit of liberty when we're writing music, but his music sounds like it's literally from the 80s for the most part. And so was it this, this ability to, to emulate or to, to make a homage, or was it, was it literally the aesthetics and the, the sounds and the, the content of the lyrics? Could it this, if, he, if Mitch Murder decided to do 60s instead of 80s, would you have been a all long hair and tie-dye right now? I don't know. Like, his, his sound design was so good and so authentic sounding that I just, I really got into it and it inspired me, so. Wonderful. Well, this kind of feels, it's funny because I like, this is the last kind of music I ever thought of. I'm, I'm like a huge like fish head and like I played jazz and stuff and all that. And it's just kind of like, this is the last kind of thing I ever thought I'd be playing. <laughs> but I love it. Like, it's, it just feel, it feels good. It's funny because I play it for my parents. They're like, oh my God, it's like you absorbed all this in the womb and now it's kind of like, <laughs> here it is. You know, we're also far enough away from it to really have the opportunity to romanticize it, I think. And looking back from an outside perspective, the 80s seemed pretty cool. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of um, technology development, innovation, like really it was the cusp of like the, you know, information age. And um, we are so deep in that right now, like kind of the sludge of it, that I think it feels nice to get a little nostalgic about it and uh, look back to when it was fresh and new. Plus, thanks to cocaine, everyone had a ton of unbridled confidence. So that, <laughs> that, that always helps with some of the looks that they were pulling off. Um, so we, we are running out of time, but I do want to find out um, when this album's coming out and also what other shows you guys are putting on in the near future so people can come see you. Yeah, I think so. The album will be out uh, late this fall, uh, still finalizing it, and might go for a label with this one. Last one was completely independent, and uh, kind of been talking to some labels. And uh, next show, we're playing uh, Charlie O's, which is, we love Charlie O's in Montpelier on the 3rd of September, which is cool. That's actually where we played our first show, so it's kind of a big circle thing. And Chris is from the area, too, so fun to go to Central Vermont. Nice. Bit a bit of a homecoming there. Oh, and, and lastly, you know, if, if people do want to find music and um and find out what you're up to, where did they go? Nightprotocol.com. Pretty simple. And Field then website. from there, you can link to all the Bandcamp and Spotify and those things. YouTube. I'm sure all your social medias are up there as well. <laughs> um. Well, yeah. As I said, we've got about time for one more song. So, what have you got for us? I think the 
the last one I'm going to do is a song uh, from that called Pieces of Midnight. So uh, thank you so much for having us, though, truly.
Midnight Protocol there, finishing off, us off with Pieces of Midnight. Guys, thank you so much for coming. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks for having us. No, no worries. All right, stick around because we'll be coming back in just a minute and we'll be interviewing Princess Nostalgia.